Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. Uh, This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm pastor to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church uh, right here in the beautiful and right now the very warm city of Adelaide. Uh, I'm also your presenter uh, of Drive Time every Tuesday and Wednesday, except for this week. Uh, where I'm also on Monday and Thursday. Uh, our usual presenters are actually over at Avondale University. They're uh, uh, in being part of the uh, um, ministerial uh, conference that's occurring over at that part of the world. Uh, but uh, they left me behind so that I was able to talk to uh, to our listeners, and I'm so pleased to be able to be uh, sharing sharing with you. It is such an incredible privilege. Now, look, this week uh, we're asking, if God is all-loving and all-powerful, why doesn't he fix the problem of pain? Now, this is one of those really big questions. This is one of those issues that seems to come up uh, repetitiously. Uh, today, in, in particular, we're going to look at this issue of Satan. Did God create a being? Yesterday we looked at Satan, and we notice that Scripture seems to present him as a real being. Uh, but today, we want to dig into this issue, did God create Satan? Uh, and of course, that is a very a real, a very real uh, issue uh, that, uh, that we do need to come face to face with. Uh, today, my co-host is once again uh, Brenton Wilkinson. Now, Brenton has just moved into retirement after recently functioning as the regional pastor uh, to the Seventh-day Adventist churches in the uh, uh, southeast, southeast of uh, uh, of South Australia. Uh, welcome to you, Brenton. Thank you, Gary. Great to be here again. It is wonderful to have you on board. Now, look, you, yeah. for a man who has just gone into ministerial retirement, you are abominably busy. I mean, uh, we, you, you've been on here four days this week. You've run a, a prayer meeting, I believe, for Last the um, for the folks down in the southeast via yeah. Zoom. Yeah. And then today you've gone and uh, run, a, run a funeral. Yeah, we've had a funeral today at uh, Centennial Park uh, where we were able to uh, share a precious promise from God's Word and uh, lay a very dear friend of ours to rest but we know we'll see him again at the resurrection so uh Yes, it's been a full day, Gary. So yeah, far, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, it's one of those days that uh, sometimes uh, people think that pastors actually get accustomed to doing, you know, to running uh, funerals. But I, I don't know about you, but I find that uh, funerals are one of the most draining things that I become involved in in ministry. How does it affect you? Oh, very much the same. This is the fifth funeral I've had since the beginning of December. Yeah. So uh, each funeral is different. Each yeah. each loved one is different. Each family situation, the dynamics of uh, family situations and funerals are always interesting. Yeah. But uh, each one is different, and today was different again. So uh, it's always a privilege, though, to be able to share God's word and the precious promises, particularly regarding the resurrection. Yeah. They're yeah. the things that people need to hear and need to take on board from a funeral. I always remind people at funerals, funerals are not for the dead. 
Funerals they're actually for the, the living. living. Yeah, yeah. And that, that is actually so, so incredibly true. You know, I, I do find that, uh, uh, being able to share those promises, particularly uh, at a funeral when a person has been a, a believer. Yes. Is, uh, so much more positive. And this person was. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. It, it certainly is one of those things that I know for me is very draining. And I appreciate your feedback there as well. Now look, let's come to our World Watcher segment. Now I've got a real, a real little ripper of an article today. I, uh, this well, came from dig this one up. From <laughs> this comes from the uh, Religion News uh, News Service, uh, one of the uh, online uh, news services that yes. I, I do follow. It's actually uh, talking about uh, the Church of England synod that's currently occurring right this week as we speak uh, over in, in Britain. And the title of the article is "Church of England Submits a Blessing for Same-Sex Couples to Fierce Debate." In the synod, and um, interesting heading, isn't it? Yeah, but the thing that interests me even more is the uh, is the subheading that says this: the bishops have displeased both conservatives and progressives. Now, to do this simultaneously is actually quite an achievement. I think the bishops have displeased both a bit of talent. conservatives and progressives in the church with a proposal to bless civil unions between same-sex partners. Now, this is what the article uh, actually uh, actually says, and I'm just, just reading just a small portion of it of it here. You can get it online at the Religion News Service. Uh, friction has been simmering within the global Anglican communion for many years over its 42 provident, provinces, provinces. Uh, sharp differences on whether to recognise same-sex marriage and ordain LGBTQ clergy. In 2022, the divisions have widened as conservative bishops, notably from Africa and Asia, affirmed their opposition to LGBTQ inclusion and demanded repentance by the more liberal providences uh, with inclusive policies. This coming week promises to be one of the most, this week, promises to be one of the most historic and controversial in the life of the Church of England as its governing body, the General Synod, heads towards a resolution of a long debate over blessings of same-sex couples. After years of wrangling over how the Church should deal with homosexuality, its bishops announced in mid-January that they would not agree to same-sex marriage, but... They were prepared to bless civil unions. Now, I I read that and I sort of thought, hey, this is this, this is almost a oxymoron, a, a contradiction almost. in terms. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're happy to agree to uh, would not agree to same-sex marriage, but were prepared to bless civil unions. They followed with an apology for the way that the uh, LGBTQ people were treated uh, by the Church of England. Beginning Monday, that's just this week, uh, the three voting houses of bishops, clergy and laity will vote and discuss uh, the uh, proposals by an all-church body known as the Synod. The deepest split on the issue has been between evangelicals vehemently opposed to moving away from what they call the biblical concept of marriage as being between a man and a woman and those campaigning for full equality who are frustrated by the bishop's willingness to recognize their mistreatment of LGBTQ members in the past while being unwilling to offer them marriage in the present. Mm -hmm. Also frustrated 
are members of the House of Commons advocating for an established church, for the established church to endorse marriage for same-sex couples, which has been legal in England and Scotland since 2014. Last week, 14 MPs met with the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, to express dismay at what they see as the church's lack of equality. Well, Welby, the primate of the Church of England and ceremonial head of the Worldwide Anglican Communion, acknowledged that the proposals were a compromise. I'm under no illusion that what we are proposing today will appear to go too far for some and not nearly enough for others, he said in uh, in his statement. Now, you know, as I read this, I sort of thought this is almost un- unbelievable because, uh, you know, if you take one position or the other, uh, in all probability you're going to upset half the uh, the people present, but you're going to have half the people on side. But this proposal almost appears, it's a compromised position, as the Archbishop points out, and as a result, it has really... It's alienated both groups. It's alienated both groups. Liberals and uh, conservatives. It's, it seems to have required a rare talent to be able to do that, to be able to alienate group. Uh, tell, me, tell me something, Brendan. Yeah. Just look. It, it, it creates for me what is actually, I suppose, an incredibly tangled web. You know, it's to me this is a a compromise that 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 is really going to satisfy no one. Look, is. Compromise, and I don't want to necessarily get into the um, LGBTQ uh, question no, uh, today. But all. is compromise always the the best solution to uh, issues that we face? No, it's not always the best solution. However, there are times when compromise is acceptable. I believe the basis upon which we should be determining what compromise is based on is not on necessarily the customs of the land, but uh, what does the Bible say on particular issues? In other words, um, in other words, what we're saying is that if perchance um, me and my wife have to decide which restaurant we're going to go and eat at, compromise is more than a uh, suitable in that type of in, environment because in, obviously in that environment you, it is. Uh, yes. But when you look at the issue of compromise as far as the word of God is concerned. I mean, how do you respond to that? It always ends badly if you do compromise. And I've got 1 Kings 18 verse 20 here, which is dealing with, uh, shall we say, (laughs) we would call it, Gary, showdown on Carmel. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's during the time of a king known as Ahab who was a compromiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's interesting that after three and a half years of no rain, God instructs Elijah to go meet with Ahab. He called all the people together on Mount Carmel and he made this particular comment. So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. Notice the response of the people. But the people said nothing. Wow. Wow. Now, that, if, you, if you're going to be crucified for a position, at least be clear on the position <laughs> and um, make sure that it's backed up by the word of God. You will always find people who will disagree with your position, and that's fine. We are a 
a tolerant society in that regard. But <clears throat> if God's word says it and we believe God's word, I think it's important to do that. Also, I'm thinking of Second Timothy 3.16, which says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Mm. Mm. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, yeah. that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly equipped for all good works. Mm. And, uh, of course, I, I think I've actually, I think that was set chapter 2, verse 15, but chapter 3, 16 is, basically says all scripture mm. is God-breathed. Mm. Mm. Yeah, uh, this, I, I think that passage is so actually so look, key. Looking at what the uh, Anglican Church have done here, and I certainly have no... Um, Beef with the with the Anglican Church. Um, a, a person that I have a lot of time for is our Anglican bishop down in Mount Gambier, mm. who I know quite well. He's uh, from Sri Lanka. He's a great guy, mm. but I don't know how he's responding to these particular things because you know yourself. Even in our church, uh, decisions that are made overseas don't just affect the immediate environment yeah. in which those decisions are made. Yeah. They ripple all the way across the world yeah. to wherever there are groups of those particular religion. Yeah, yeah. And um, it seems to me that in in having a look at this without having read it all through, I ask myself the question, how much time did they spend in coming up with these compromise proposals in looking at what the Word of God says? We don't know. Yeah. And I think that... But surely that's where um, Archbishop Welby should have started. That surely <clears throat> for the Christian church has to be very baseline I because think so. that yeah. is actually given, giving the authoritative teachings yes. both of Jesus Christ, of yep. the apostles, and uh, as you correctly point out, provided through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Now, to me, to turn around and say, hey, look, you know, well, you know, the Word of God says one thing, but, you know, we're going to come up with a with a halfway house type type position. Yes. To me, as I look at this, I say, hey, there's incredible danger in this. In fact, you know, one of the passages that really, I suppose, challenges, uh, challenges me is um, the last couple of verses in uh, in the book of Revelation. Oh, Revelation and and yes. this is this is almost uh, almost frightening. For I testify, this is the Apostle John writing, for I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. If anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the book of life from the and from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Now, to me, I look at it and I say, hey, that surely gives incredible authority yes. uh, to what the word of God does actually say. Well, it affects not only your life here, it affects your life to come, or should I say lack of life to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so it is vitally important. Um, but it's, a lot of these issues are fairly clear in Scripture, um, but you do come across some very interesting interpretations of them, don't you? And, and, and currently in our contemporary world, that is actually so true. And the disappointing thing is to me is when churches themselves actually move away uh, from the clearest teachings of the Word of God. And what does the Word of God actually say? Uh, to me, surely uh, that uh, is at least a reasonable position for uh, a Christian church uh, to have as a, a foundational pillar uh, if they if they wish to take take a position. Well, compromise, if it doesn't involve your eternal salvation, 
and or the revealed will of or God. The revealed will of God is not of in and of itself wrong. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, there are p- positions that you can compromise on. Yeah. But if it's against the word of God, um, what you're really doing is you're saying, I think that we know better than what the word of God suggests. Yeah. We are trying to be inclusive. Now, I'm not debating the issue of inclusiveness. What I am saying is that when you try and satisfy everybody and it's out of harmony with what the Word of God teaches, um, you're setting yourself up for a disappointment. Indeed, indeed, indeed. It may not be short term, it may be longer term. On the other hand, it may be short term. What's going to happen out of this, depending, <laughs> this article would suggest that those who are more liberal in their views within the church are not happy, <laughs> and those who are more So in other words, there's going to be conflict happy. within the church so as a result. What I would suggest is rather than bringing people together, it's going to result in further conflict. Yeah. Let's come to some music. Uh, this is uh, the Sons of Korah, uh, and it's uh, Psalm 91. Uh, please, uh, please enjoy. Uh, beautiful, uh, beautiful song. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High Will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge My God and my shield in whom I trust Surely He will save you from the foulest snare And from the deadly pestilence as well He will cover over you with His feathers And there under His wings you will find Faithfulness will be your shield You'll not fear the terror of the night time Nor the arrow that flies by day Pestilence that stalks in the darkness Nor the plague that destroys at midday A thousand may fall at your sight Ten thousand may fall at your right hand
Sons of Korah, and it's simply Psalm 91, uh, words there that are so reassuring for uh, anyone who uh, who is facing trouble and strife. 
at uh, at this time in their life. Now, yes. guys, look, we do have a uh, a giveaway uh, book for you uh, at the um, uh, at the present. In fact, it's not a book today. We've got a a giveaway DVD. Now we have changed it. It's a different to yesterday and the day before. Now, look, this is a this is one that I can recommend to you highly. This is really worth grabbing. Now, look, this one's entitled Cosmic Conflict. Uh, this is uh, talking about the origin of evil. And it's a DVD. This is not a book. This is a DVD. It is simply a book, a, a DVD that runs for about 40 minutes. And, uh, the, uh, the, the cover sheet, uh, shares take a spectacular journey back through time and trance the transformation of a perfect angel into Satan, the archdemon, and how he led an army of angels in revolt in heaven. Witness the creation of of a beautiful new world. Feel the suspense as the devil uh, brings this planet to a planet in rebellion. Behold the temptation and fall in Eden and uncover God's amazing plan to restore people to paradise. Uh, this this um, DVD, it's been recorded in, uh, in high def. Uh, it's a Bible-based documentary and it's been put together by Pastor Doug uh, Batchelor. Now, this is... Is a real ripper. Uh, I love. I don't know if you've uh, listened to uh, Pastor Doug, uh, if you've seen any of his material, but it is always quality, quality, quality. Uh, I would recommend this to you incredibly highly. Now, look, uh, it's a DVD. Uh, it's entitled "Cosmic Conflict: The Origin of Evil." Now, look, if you would like your uh, copy of this DVD, uh, it's totally free. Now, uh, you can get that uh, by simply texting us. Us on our drive time number. Now our drive time number again is O four triple eight eight O eight eleven. O four triple eight eight O eight eleven. And all you need to do is in your text just quote our code for today, which is SA one O two. Uh, no gap between the SA and the 102, just SA, five digits in a row, SA102. And uh, that will go through to our robot uh, called uh, Pilgrim. And uh, Pilgrim will uh, uh, make contact with you, get some information off you so that we can get this uh, DVD to, to you in the fastest possible way. This is one absolutely fantastic uh, offer. I would really recommend it to you. Cosmic Conflict DVD. That number again is 04888. 80811 and the code is SA102102 SA102 Look, I would really encourage you uh, to grab your phone and we don't often have offers uh, that uh, are of the, uh, the highest possible quality DVDs uh, and uh, today uh, that is uh, what we uh, what we have to uh, to offer you. Uh, now look, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary and today our co-host is Brenton Wilkinson. Now Brenton has just moved into retirement after functioning as the pastor of the South Eastern Churches here in South Australia. And this week we're asking that question that has been debated for over so many years, if God is all loving. If he is all powerful, why doesn't he fix the problem of pain? 
And today we ask, did God create Satan? Yesterday we showed from Scripture that Satan appears as a very real being right through the pages of Scripture from beginning right through to the end. Uh, today uh, we're just simply asking, uh, where uh, did Satan come from? Is Satan... Uh, has he been uh, created uh, by uh, by God? Uh, now, look, uh, folks, uh, uh, I've really appreciated what uh, Brenton's been sharing with us. Brenton, help us out on, on this one. Satan, we yesterday uh, you showed us you you took us through the, the he scriptures. Is a real being. He's a very real being. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, today, yeah. where did he come from? Okay, let's start at Revelation twelve uh, because the Word of God gives us the answer. So for those who are listening and may have Bibles, I would suggest you have a look at this in your own time. But Revelation twelve seven says this, Then war broke out in heaven. Now, Gary, you and I could probably have a whole program on war in heaven, war in a perfect paradise. It's almost an oxymoron, it's isn't it? It's an oxymoron, what seems to be. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough. And they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon who was hurled down, notice who it names him now, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan. Satan means adversary, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. So the first question and the first answer is this. Where did Satan come from? Heaven. We came what, from happened, he- what happened to him? He was expelled from heaven. But he wasn't expelled by himself. He was expelled with others. The scriptures in other places suggest that as many as one-third of the angels of heaven were cast out of heaven with him. Mm. Now, this is interesting. When you come to the philosophical one, did God create a devil? Mm. It answers itself. I didn't realize this till today till I studied it a bit more. The question and the answer is self-evident. There was war in heaven. Satan mm. and his angels were cast out. Mm-hmm. But the bulk of the angels, the other two-thirds, are still in heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So you can't blame God, but we're going to get to a text in a minute. You can't blame God for creating a devil. Yeah. Because but you know, the devil and his angels were cast out, but these other angels who were true to God are still there. Yeah, yeah. It's almost as though <laughs> uh, I, I know, well, when I was uh, – a much younger uh, man. A, a movie actually came out uh, that was entitled Star Wars. Oh, Star uh, Wars. Do you, yes. Have you ever seen it? Yes, I've seen most you, of them. You've seen most of them? You know, not, I, not the last two, but I've seen, <laughs> seen the ones before that. I yeah. still remember the the oh, very yeah. first one Dark that I, I ever saw. There yeah. was a there was a scroll that uh, came up, you know, in a galaxy far, far oh, away, wow. yep. a long, long time ago, and the scroll started to just uh, just simply. Share and of course it was the story of a of a galactic war that was taking place. And yet here in Scripture, what we've actually got in Revelation chapter twelve, war broke out in heaven. Is what the Apostle John says. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and his angels and his angels. 
and they did not prevail, and a place was found for them in heaven any longer. No longer was a place found for them in heaven. Do you know? To me, this is I, I, when I when I was first watching that uh, that film, one of the early editions of uh, of Star, Star Wars. Wars yeah. uh, what came to my mind was actually this text of scripture. I started to to, to consider, hey, uh, could uh, yeah, this is Got it. The two are remarkably similar in their uh, in their presentation. George Lucas, who was the originator of the Star Wars series, um, <clears throat> I've done a bit of study on that. I believe George Lucas had a not dissimilar philosophical understanding of sin to what we're discussing on radio. Okay. At the moment. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying he was a church member or anything like that, but I'm saying that his position on this. Is uncannily similar to yeah, yeah. He did actually Jesus. have a theological yes, position that's what I mean. on it's these a theological position. Yes, on, on these on a, these oh, issues. Why don't we do this? Yeah, no, no it was, it was, that, that was yeah. interesting. Look, something further that's worth touching on. Uh, there are two sections in the Bible that primarily deal with Satan's. Um, before I get there, I missed a point. I think we've both met, both missed a point. It says Satan and his angels were cast out of heaven, but it doesn't say what for. Mm-hmm. Did you note that? Okay. It says there was war in heaven. Yeah. Satan and his angels fought against um, Michael and his angels. They were kicked out of heaven. There wasn't a place for them anymore. It doesn't actually tell you um, what the situation was. But and that's an important <laughs> point that you make, actually, Brenton, because you know you don't <clears throat> you don't actually expect there to be a war. In, in a, a place like heaven, do you? You know, I mean, yeah. all the pictures that we have of heaven yeah. uh, certainly don't involve war. And yet, John the Revelator in chapter 12, verse 7. This in vision. That's what he's saying. Yep, yeah, that's right. I'm going back to two, two sections of scripture. Isaiah 14, verse 12 to 14 is one. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, I'm looking at Ezekiel 28, and I'll try and summarize verses 12 to 17 as quickly as I can. Question number one. Did God create a devil? We've touched on it briefly, but notice what this says. It's using the analogy of the king of Tyre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's talking about the power behind the king of Tyre. The king of Tyre turns out to be Satan himself. But anyway, yes. This is what the sovereign Lord says. You were the seal of perfection. Hello? You were the seal of perfection. Full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. Notice how many times the word perfect is used. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, etc., 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 etc. You were, in verse 14, it gives you the position of Satan. You were anointed as a guardian cherub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the Israelites, when God asked them to make an ark, you had two angels on the mercy seat, both looking in and... uh, I believe that Satan's position in heaven was probably one of these at that particular time. For so I ordained you. Now, this is another reason why sin cannot continue forever, because we're going to find out that Satan or Lucifer, as he was at this time, was a created being. Mm. Now, if he was a created being, that means a created being can be decreated or destroyed, or destroyed, which we're going to come to. Yes, yes, yes. So therefore, sin cannot go on forever, mm-hmm. and that knocks the whole theories of yin, yin and yang, the balancing factors and all that sort of thing that philosophy teaches, because if sin had a beginning, an origin, it's also going to have an end. Yeah, yeah. But come back to this passage of Scripture. 
I will, I'll keep going. You were blameless in your ways from the day, notice this, you were created till wickedness was found in you. The Hebrew word is Olah, A-W-L-A-H. It's a really, really significant word. Through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. What was Satan trading in heaven? Mm -hmm. If you study the Hebrew carefully, you'll find that he was trading in slander. He was Mm -hmm. trading in lies. How do we know that? Because in yesterday's presentation that we did on air, we talked about John 8.44 where Jesus said, you are of your father the devil who was a liar from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And he's the father of lies. Mm -hmm. When he opens his mouth, he speaks a lie. Yeah, That's basically what was said yesterday. So I drove you in disgrace from the Mount of God and I expelled you, guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. Now we find a reason. We can't explain sin. Um, but somehow imperceptibly what you've got is yeah, some, it began inwards there's an inward change yeah, that's an inward somehow change, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's an inward change your heart became proud on account of your beauty now Whoa. where did he get his beauty from he got his beauty from the day that God created him mm. it seems and it's inferred rather than um, what's the other word for it Rather than obviously, it's inferred that he, because he began to see himself as the beautiful creature that he was, Mm. rather than giving glory to God who created him, Mm. he took the glory to himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it goes on, and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. Now, (laughs) I believe if if we really understood that, and we don't, but if we really understood that... It really comes back, doesn't it, Brenton, to this thing called pride, because I'm just so yeah, conscious. Pride, pride of what? Pride in himself? Pride of what, can I suggest, he has achieved? Do you know, yes. I, 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 I'm conscious that so much of, um, of that which uh, negatively impacts humanity actually has its origin on the in. Inside, in the mind, in the pride of the individual. Yes, I'd agree with you on that. Um, let me just briefly share um, Isaiah 14. How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. Now, some versions use the word Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Okay. It does, yes. Okay. You have been cast to the ground or to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. Now notice a a particular word I'll read in the next couple of verses. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly on the utmost heights of the north. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. And then it finishes on a rather interesting note. I will make myself like the most high. Other versions say I will be like the most high. Mm. Then you ask yourself the question, in what sense did he want to be like God? I believe the suggestion here is he wanted God's power, Mm. but not necessarily God's character. Now, (laughs) we talked or have talked briefly this week on this subject, but when you go back to Genesis chapter 3, where sin began, Verse 5 tells us this. It tells us that the talking serpent that Satan was using as a medium said, if you eat this fruit, you will be like God. Mm -hmm. 
In other words, what I wanted in heaven and was cast out of heaven for can be yours. But, of course, you don't know about what happened back there. What did God tell Adam and Eve about Satan's fall? We don't know. Mm. Scripture mm. doesn't record it. Mm. But it's it's rather interesting. I'm sure God gave them warnings. Mm. Mm. I'm sure he gave mm. them warnings. Mm. But but here he's he's really saying, I am going to be like the Most High. I I'm going to make. It I'm interested like in the, the sheer time. number of times that five, word "I" five. is re- five times. It's there five times. You know, to me, as he's, I look at it, got eye trouble. You know, when I compare, you know, "I" being rep- repetitiously used in that manner, my mind just immediately goes to, uh, you know, some of the some of what's on, you know, social media. Yes, you know, I turn around and you know how much that has to do with the promotion of self and the promotion of me in my environment. And what Scripture is actually telling us uh, here, and what's that passage there again so our listeners can check it out if they want to go to it? Isaiah 14, verse 12 to 14. Isaiah 14, verse 12 to 14, and it talks about Satan. And the sin of Satan, it's virtually identical to the sin that we find on so much social media today. I will be like the most. I I will be somebody. The center of the universe revolves around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In other words, pride. pride You have a look at social media influencers. I like to look at them from time to time. This one's got 20 million followers. Yeah. What are the 20 million followers learning from this person? Yeah. They're learning from this person that I'm the center of the universe. That means that I too am the center of the universe. Yeah. How significant that God creates a perfect being. The perfect being somehow corrupts himself by just simply sheer pride. That's the process we can't understand. How did he corrupt himself? It began internally. It was revealed in external actions, obviously, because it reached a point of rebellion. And the point of rebellion was when God said, that's, that that That's is it. enough. And, of course, at that point you get Revelation <laughs> yeah. saying there was war in, in heaven. heaven. Look, let's just come to yep. uh, uh, come to some music because I'm conscious our time is starting to, uh, to escape from away. us. Uh, I, I love, this is Salah, and the, the song is You Are My Hiding Place. Uh, this is a really yeah, beautiful uh, song and how much we need to have our God as our hiding our hiding place. Please, please enjoy uh, Salah. Uh, you are. Uh, my my hiding place. Uh, please enjoy uh, these wonderful or wonderful words.
that is Salah. You are my hiding place. If ever there is a time when we need a hiding place, uh, then I believe it is right now in this day and age, right now. And uh, that's a beautiful, beautiful. Love the the words of that uh, that particular song. Now, folks, look, we do have uh, this uh, giveaway DVD. Now, this is a real beauty. It's something that I believe you'll greatly appreciate. It's called the Con- Cosmic Conflict: mm-hmm. uh, The Origin of Evil DVD, and it's put together by Pastor uh, Doug Batchelor. Uh, I believe you'll be incredibly blessed uh, by this video. Uh, tell me, Brenton, do you know Pastor Doug Batchelor? Yes, I've met him personally. Okay, yes. okay. How have you also, found him? I, I would say he's very, very down to earth. And if you watch this DVD, you will find it very easy to follow. Now, really what Doug is doing in Cosmic Conflict, what we're recommending, Gary, is that the topics we are touching on this week will be covered in greater detail in what Doug says because yeah. we only have a limited amount of time to be yeah, able to share. Yeah, yeah. But many of the texts that we have been using today, yesterday, Doug will touch upon. Indeed, indeed. Really and appreciate he, that. And he has a very, very simple and very straightforward way of presenting it. Yeah. It's not tub-thumping, it's not Bible-bashing, it's just presenting what Yeah, God's no, this is a great DVD, this one. Look, guys, <laughs> if you'd like the uh, the DVD, Cosmic Conflict, The Origin of Evil, then all you need to do is to text us here at our studio text number. It's 488 80811 uh, and the uh, the code for this is SA102 SA102 and uh, that uh, will trigger our robot and he'll come back to you ask you a few questions so that we can get this uh, uh, DVD to you in the fastest uh, possible possible way uh, that gift is the Cosmic Conflict Origin of Evil DVD uh, it runs for I think about 42 minutes uh, it's not a long DVD but it answers so many uh, questions that are that are being asked and uh, our number again is 0488 808 11 and uh, that code is SA102 we would love uh, for you to uh, to put this uh, DVD in uh, uh, in your uh, in your hands uh, now uh, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary and today our co-host is Brenton Wilkinson and uh, Brenton has just moved into retirement after three years ministering uh, in the southeastern uh, church district of, uh, of South, South Australia, Australia. Uh, this great, week, great part of the world, Gary. Our fantastic part of the world. Mm. This week we're asking, if God is all-loving and all-powerful, why doesn't he fix the problem of pain? And today we're simply asked, did God create uh, this being called Satan? Uh, we, we look today at the cosmic conflict that Scripture speaks of. Now, uh, look, Brenton, we're coming to the very end of this particular show. <laughs> so I just want to bring this to, I just want to bring through, I suppose, a little bit of practical application sure. because I think the really uh, key issue here is, you know, why is uh, this uh, this issue just so important? Now, look, one of the passages, and I'd be interested in your feedback on it, is uh, Second uh, uh, Paul's epistle to the Thessalonians, uh, chapter 2 and verse 9. And it talks about this mysterious lawless one. 
one. Now, I'm not going to go into who the lawless one is uh, today because that is actually the subject of a future a future program. But mm-hmm. it talks about the call, the, the coming of the lawless one. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. Now, here Satan is mentioned again uh, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, yeah. and with all unrighteous deception amongst those who perish because they did not receive a love of the truth. Gary, you missed an important verse, verse 8. Okay, share it with me. Verse 8 says, uh, And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. Do you realize in those two verses you have two comings? The Greek word in both cases is parousia. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got Christ's second coming, parousia, then you've got the coming of the lawless one, which uses the same Greek word. Okay. Now, what can we extrapolate from The coming that? of the law, it comes before the coming of yeah. Christ. What can you extrapolate from that? What you can extrapolate is that before the real coming, there'll be a false one. Mm. Maybe a topic for another time, but it's worth thinking about because it is the same word. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, that's, a, that's an interesting discussion for, for future, yeah. for future reference. The lawless one is going to be revealed according to the working of Satan yes. with power, signs, and lying wonders. Now, to me, as I, as I look at that, I turn around and I say, look, um, hey, Satan seems to be impacting this world in ways that we maybe aren't conscious of. The term lying wonders is particularly interesting. Notice it's lying wonders. Mm. What did, what did we describe him as yesterday in John eight forty four? The father of lies. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever, uh, philosophy, whatever modus operandi that Satan uses, it's full of lies and the intention is deception. Not just to deceive you so that you go down the wrong track, but to disinherit you from eternal life. Because if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, remember Christ said, I'm the light of the world. Yeah, Where are yeah, we going to find yeah, the light? We're yeah. going to find the light by following what Jesus said. Anything other than that is a dangerous philosophy and a dangerous practice and a dangerous direction to go in. Mm, no, I appreciate that. The, <laughs> the, uh, one, of the, one of the passages of Scripture that continues to actually challenge me is uh, certainly Matthew 24, and we're going to dig yes. into this in, uh, in a future program. Oh, but you know, be great. One of the things that really jumps out at me is the fact that Christ uses this phrase, deception or deception. Receive repetitiously in this particular chapter. It's something that, as though that, uh, you know, this is something that is going to occur, particularly in the end times. People are going to be deceived. Now, you know, one of the things that I'm I'm conscious of is, you know, I've actually said I've been, you know, when I've been sharing on this subject in when I study the scriptures with someone, I say, look, what is actually deception? And you know, I point out to people that, you know, for deception to be deception. I actually don't know what is going on. You know, if, uh, if in my, if in my car. Or, or you've deliberately turned away from it. Okay. Yes. Okay. All so right. that's, that's, that's another avenue. Yeah. And it can color your religious experience from then on. Yeah. So yeah. you just keep going down the path of the deception. The path of deception is 
almost imperceptible. Uh-huh. It's not all of a sudden you were right, now you're wrong. It's just a gradual going down a particular uh-huh. path, but the end of it is very different than going in that direction. Uh-huh. Brenton, look, let's. Um, we, we do need to finish our, our program. We I'm do. just wondering if you'd like <laughs> to, would you like to pray for, sure. our, for our listeners mm-hmm. at this time? Father in heaven, it's interesting that in uh, Matthew chapter 24, when the disciples asked you about uh, what were the signs of your coming in the end of the world, the first thing you said to them is take heed that no one deceives you. I pray for our listeners Australia-wide today. Bless us today as we have listened to this program, as we've listened this week and will continue to listen. Help us to make wise choices based on being led by the Holy Spirit, I ask in Jesus' name. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Brenton Wilkinson on Drive Time. Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Brenton rejoins us as we ask, how did Christ explain evil? Mm, really look topic. forward oh it's going to be a good one really look forward to seeing you but until then please remember Christ said I'm leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives so don't be troubled or afraid may our God richly bless you this program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio